If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Breaking news alert from 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's news and talk. I'm WOKV Joe Doraskovich. We're getting an update from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on the state's response to the coronavirus. Let's go ahead and listen in live. A text message to uh, all Floridians uh, reiterating uh, the public health advisory that the Surgeon General uh, issued uh, earlier during this, uh, during this fight, uh, and that is that for people that are 65 years or older or who have a serious underlying medical condition, uh, the advisory is that you should stay at home. Uh, protect yourself. Uh, now's not the time to go outside and don't get involved with any big crowds. Make sure you're doing the proper hygiene and just uh, use this time to protect yourself. We know uh, the, the, the evidence continues to come in that, that this is a virus that does particularly target those who have some significant underlying medical conditions and those who are elderly. Uh, so we want those folks to really be uh, staying at home and protecting themselves. And we also want to thank all the Floridians who really have taken the hygiene uh, to heart. You have people doing hand sanitizer, washing their hands more religiously, uh, not getting involved in large groups and, and maintaining a six-foot distance from people. That type of social distancing is probably the most effective thing that you can do to blunt the spread. And so we've had millions of people throughout the state uh, really change behavior. I know a lot of us haven't shaken hands with anybody for, for a month now, uh, but those little things really make a difference. So thank you for doing it. Uh, we've been working very hard to expand testing, uh, but one of the things that I think um, you have to do is if somebody tests positive, uh, there haven't been very many effective treatments uh, to fight COVID-19. Uh, one of the things uh, that has been identified and was currently being utilized in the state of New York uh, is this uh, hydroxychloroquine. And we actually had a Floridian who used it, was in very bad shape with COVID-19, used it, and it seemed to clear up the lungs and the virus. Um, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling anyone to take it or not take it. Uh, but I do believe in the idea of a right to try. If somebody is really in bad shape and there's no other treatment available and a doctor believes this is something that could be helpful, you know, we want that patient to be able to have access to that. Um, and so I wanted to go out and figure out how we could get some hydroxychloroquine for some of the hospitals throughout Florida. Uh, fortunately, uh, uh, and I want to thank the U.S. Ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, who's a friend of mine. I asked David because I know there's some Israeli pharmaceutical companies that have it, uh, and he was able to get us in contact with uh, Teva Pharmaceuticals. Uh, and so working with Teva now, we've now arranged shipments of the hydroxychloroquine to send to hospital systems in Dade County, Broward, um, uh, Orlando, and Hillsborough. And once they have it, if other hospitals need it, you know, we want to be able to help uh, everybody throughout the state. So just let uh, the emergency uh, Department of Emergency Management know, and we will work to coordinate that. Um, so this will be something that the doctors can have at their disposal. I'm not saying it's anything about it. I just think that if, if somebody's in dire condition and may not have any other option, we want to be able to give them um, all the opportunities that they have. So I want to thank Tiva for really turning around our order very quickly and getting that out. We also, thanks to uh, Jared Moskowitz's hard work, um, uh, Cepheid, a company, has created a rapid test for COVID-19, uh, very just came on the market. It's a 45-minute test, 
And uh, they only did, did 10,000 of them to start. And I'm happy to say Jared got over 2,000 of those for Florida. So we're sending them down to South Florida as well as some to Jacksonville. And I think this is really, really significant because the problem with the testing we have now is these private labs are overrun. Ideally, they would want to turn it around in 24, 48 hours. But in fact, a lot of people have to wait uh, three, four, five days to be able to get test results. And I know that that um, causes a lot of angst for a lot of people. So quick results, uh, I think one is just allows uh, the hospitals to do a better job, doctors to do a better job, healthcare professionals to do a better job. I think it also gives a lot of people peace of mind uh, because they at least know what the result is. Uh, so we're really happy to be pushing that out. And we're always looking to get as many of these tests in Florida as we can. Some of you may have seen last night the FDA approved uh, Abbott Laboratories' five to ten, five to fifteen-minute rapid COVID-19 test. They already have a platform in many doctors' offices and hospitals around the country, and this would be something that would go in that platform. I think you'd get a positive result within five minutes, and the negative result would be within fifteen minutes. So this is as close to a instant test as we have uh, on the market now. It's similar to like a flu test. So we believe that this could be really game-changing here in the state of Florida. And so they're gonna be producing, we had a phone call with one of the executives this morning, they're going to be producing 50,000 a day, I think, starting this coming week. And we have asked to, uh, to be a big part of that. You know, Florida is willing to pay our own way on that. But getting some of those rapid tests down to the state of Florida would allow us to completely um, transform the testing situation here. Now, we've done almost 40,000 tests at this point. You go back two weeks, these tests are really hard to come by. So people have done a great job on that, and it's continuing to trend upward. But to be able to get a rapid test like Abbott Laboratories came out, uh, I think it's just absolutely game-changing. So when I called President Trump today, and the reason that I called him was, you know, Abbott Labs is going to look like a lot of these folks are at some type of guidance from the federal government on this stuff. You know, they don't want to be selling it to people if it's not going to help the fight. Uh, so I just asked the president, look, we'll, we'll, buy, we'll buy it ourselves. We're not asking you to buy it for us. But, you know, can you just let them know that sending some to Florida would really make an impact um, in our fight against COVID-19? And he was, um, you, know, you know, he was very supportive. Uh, he's supportive of everything he's doing. So, so my hope is that Florida can be in that initial mix um, as they start sending these tests uh, throughout the country. But boy, would that make life a lot easier to be able to do this. I mean, right now, you have people that'll go into a hospital, they'll have symptoms, they'll get tested, then it'll take five days for the test to come back. So the hospital's got to keep them somewhere. Wouldn't it be great? They come in, they have symptoms, you test them 15 minutes later, you know it's negative, and then you can have them go home and recover. So we think that that's very, very important. Uh, I think it's... Um, really encouraging the number of tests that have now are being done on a daily basis. This is far and away better than where we were two weeks ago. Uh, we're still, Jared's still working to get as much of the supplies needed for that as possible, and we will do even more as we get those. What we were able to do recently was go to the villages, and launch a, uh, a new project. Now, some of it is, it was a drive-through testing site. A lot of them came through on their golf carts, and some of it was for clinical purposes, but most of it was actually for research purposes. And what they were trying to do, and this is the University of Florida um, and Shands, what they were trying to do is figure out how much is COVID-19 in populations where there are no symptoms? So obviously a place like the village, that's important to know given the demographics. Uh, so they've been doing that. Uh, the first week they did 600 random samples for people in the villages who were asymptomatic. Uh, and the good news on this is that zero came back COVID-19 positive. And so as we're looking at how to approach this, a lot of the decisions that have been made have been made off 
things other than kind of hard data and hard facts, uh, this gives us uh, a little window into how this may have spread uh, or not have spread in a community, you know, where you have a lot of folks who are who are over 60. Now, this doesn't mean that you, you can take your eye off the ball, uh, but it does tell us at least something uh, that we've been trying to do. So I think it's a very significant study, uh, and I really commend the folks at University of Florida for being willing to step up, uh, and I'm glad we were able to, to be a part of that. The travel update, uh, we, as many of you know, did restrictions for people coming from the, some of these hot zones, particularly the New York City area. Now, I'm, I don't, as governor, have the ability to shut down flights. It's a federal deal. The, hot, the, the airports are run by local authorities. Uh, but uh, I think it's an issue when you have folks who are in the hot zone, then leaving the hot zone to come to different parts of the country. So we instituted a 14-day self-quarantine for everyone coming in from those airports in the New York City area. Every time they come in, they're now met by National Guard and Department of Health personnel. Uh, they're screened, they provide information, and they are given the instructions about self-isolation. Um, you know, this is actually already born fruit. Uh, just yesterday, there was a traveler from New York to Jacksonville uh, who was on a flight and had previously tested positive for COVID-19. And um, he had, his symptoms abated, so he thought it was okay to fly. Turns out the symptoms came back. So he was intercepted when he came through the checkpoint uh, and he was diverted to go to, to a hospital. And so that's something that I think uh, helps protect Floridians. And I think that that's something that, that is very, very um, good. Now, in terms of, and, and this is just something with, if you look at all the flights going on throughout the country, if you look at flight aware, you see all these flights everywhere. And, um, you know, we're either trying to fight this virus or we're not. And the more people are being shuttled around all over the country, I just think it makes it more difficult. And so we've done what we could here with, with New York City. And we're also doing the same uh, with the New Orleans hotspot, which is, you know, I think this virus had been circulating throughout the country, probably in February. Mardi Gras was probably a big deal. I think it really spread in New Orleans. You know, we're obviously rooting hard for New Orleans to do well. What we don't want is for people to flee that hot zone and potentially bring the virus here. So we did do an executive order with New Orleans. We have a checkpoint set up on I-10 as people are coming into the Florida panhandle. And um, I think that that will be a good uh, way to deter folks from leaving those areas right now. Uh, we're also going to work to put one up on I-95 for any type of New York area traffic coming down. And again, you know, the point is we need those folks coming in uh, to self-isolate for 14 days. I just think, and the president had mentioned to me in the call, uh, the reason I called him was because of the Abbott Labs test, but he had mentioned to me, you know, the possibility of doing a quarantine around the New York City area. And, and, and my, my issue is whatever works, I, I think we need, we need to do. Um, there's a lot of logistics involved, and I think the president is, is well suited to be able to figure that out. But I think you have a situation where you have Floridians across the state who are sacrificing tremendously. I mean, the schools are closed. You know, you can't go to a restaurant. You look at South Florida, it's basically entirely locked down. Uh, people don't have very many outlets uh, throughout the state. Many people have, been, have lost their jobs. Other businesses have had to close. So these are major sacrifices that the people of Florida are making in order to slow the, the spread of COVID-19. How is it fair to them to just be airdropping in people 
from the hot zones bringing infections with them and seeding the communities with new infections that they're trying to stamp out. So it's not fair to the people of Florida to do it. So um, I think that the folks in New York City are working incredibly hard. You look at the folks in the hospitals, uh, you look at the, the folks that, you know, the governor and everybody in the agencies, you know, they're working hard. You know, we're rooting for their success uh, 100%. Uh, but we also just think it's bad policy uh, to have people dispersing from there and then seeding other parts of the country, including the state of Florida. We've got a lot. We're the third biggest state in the country. We're the number three for international travel in the country, pretty close to New York and California in terms of international travelers. Uh, you know, we've got some major metro areas. So, so we've got a lot of things that we've got to be doing. Uh, in the state of Florida, and I think it would make it a lot easier, you know, if we didn't have folks uh, coming in from hot zones where they very well may be carrying uh, the virus. But since we've instituted our policies, you have seen a big decline in the number of people that have come. Uh, you've seen a decline in the number of flights, and I think that that's appropriate uh, for, for, for the time being. I also want to announce that I'm directing the Department of Economic Opportunity to make available an additional $100 million to local governments for infrastructure projects through the Rebuild Florida program. The application window for those funds will be this coming week, and um, these are part of the Hurricane Irma block grants. Um, these were money that were allocated to other programs that really didn't get as much traction. We really believe that given the economic circumstances, putting this into some infrastructure uh, would be good for the economy, uh, be able to put some people back to work. So stay tuned on that, and uh, we look forward to working with different folks um, going forward. Uh, our testing capacity, I mentioned, has increased dramatically. We're close to 40,000 tests. And um, you know, there are obviously thousands that are awaiting results. Um, I think you've seen the, uh, the positive rate of the tests uh, probably about, I think, between 8 and 10 percent pretty consistently most places, some lower. There's a couple that are higher, um, and so we're monitoring that. We're also monitoring uh, the hospital space throughout the state of Florida. As many of you know, the whole idea of flattening the curve wasn't that necessarily fewer people would end up getting infected. It's that you want to you shift those infections in a way that's not going to overwhelm the hospital system all at once. Uh, right now, the uh, bed availability in the state of Florida is 30 33%, uh, Broward is 39%, and Miami-Dade is 36%, and um, total ICU beds, um, almost 2,100 ICU beds, um, and almost 400 in Miami-Dade and, and Broward County. But that's something that we're monitoring. Uh, I think we've seen more space open up over the last two weeks. Part of that is because of actions that, that I took uh, to help free the space, uh, but we also are making contingency plans if some of the worst-case scenarios come, come true. Um, and with that, uh, we'll take, take a few questions. Governor, I have kind of 57 flights to Delta that scheduled every day to small airports in Florida, Tallahassee, Gainesville, Melbourne, uh, places, Pensacola, Panama City. What are your plans there about trying to intercept New Yorkers or others? Well, we have, I mean, we've expanded the number of airports. I mean, my folks can get you exactly how many we're doing. I think we're doing, we're doing Fort Lauderdale, Jacksonville, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Palm Beach, and uh, Southwest Florida, Fort Myers. Um, some of the smaller airports, look, what I would say is uh, I think they really need to um, help the people of Florida as well. Uh, if you're running one of these airports, I mean, you just need to know where these flights are coming from, and we'd appreciate, uh, you know, you helping to screen. You know, my view would be, 
you know, some of these flights, I think, are hard to justify. But if you're going to be boarding flights, you know, I think that, that the airlines should make sure that these folks are fine. If they've been in close contact with anybody in any of these hot zones, that should be a red flag. You may not want to allow them on the plane. I mean, just think about it. You know, you'll have folks um, here say, you know, you know, you can't go to a state park uh, because, you know, you may, you know, transmit COVID-19. But yet you could have some super spreader on one of these planes sneezing and coughing for two hours and then just get off and, and, and that's fine. And what about the other passengers? I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous, you know, that that would be going on. And I'd also... If you look at, like, I mean, New York City, they're still running their subway system. I mean, New York Post will have things where they're packed like sardines on there. And look, it's their city. They do what they want. But the fact of the matter is some of those people on that subway, you know, may end up getting on these flights and coming down. So they've had very close contact with some folks. So, so yeah, I, I look, I think it's a problem. But, yeah, I think if they could help us with that, the, air, the, airline, the airports, and then working with the airlines, I think it's in everybody's interest that we deal with the spread that we have here now, try to blunt it flatten the curve, but we don't allow importing new infections um, like, like, uh, like we may be. Do you, do you think in your discussions with the White House, do you think a domestic air travel ban is off the table, or do you think the president would be inclined to consider that? They have not said that they would do that yet. Um, I don't know that you would want to totally ban it. I mean, for example, I think you definitely want flights into New York City because people are volunteering, people are helping, and uh, and I think that that's great. And I think that there are probably people that that are coming in to help in other states. But I just think if you have a couple hot zones that are really problematic, and I think right now New York is probably a, you know head and shoulders just in terms of the the rates. I mean, when they're testing people, it's a really high rate of infection. Clearly, it's been circulating. You have the perfect petri dish with a very urban environment, public transportation, people always in close contact with one another, that I think becomes becomes problematic. So I just think that they should look at what makes the most sense if the goal is to flatten the curve and, and get us in a good good direction. Uh, some of those uh, flights, you know, we may be better off to hit the pause button on. Is that approved or is that? So, we're, so it's, it's, yeah, it's been approved. We haven't, we haven't, it's in the process of being set up. And it'll work like the I-10 one. The, 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 I initially was concerned about doing this because I don't want there to be a backup, but they're doing it in a great way where the, commer the trucks are going through. We're not worried about that. We're just worried about the people fleeing uh, some of those areas. And so then they'll have to go through, uh, provide the information, uh, given the instructions about self-isolation. And then, um, and we do have people that are being followed up with. I mean, that's just the reality. Well, they may be doing that. Yeah, they may be doing that too. Yeah, we, we, uh, I think you're looking at, I mean, not, 75 would be an entrance point, but probably not as much from New York City area. Uh, you could do it, but, but mostly I think the 95 is the natural one. And, um, and then, you know, US 1, again, you could potentially do that. It would require them to, to go out of the way a little bit. So, so we'll, we'll look at that. But I think having the 10 and 95, is good. I think that that provides some protection. And I think most people understand this is an interstate system. You know, we, we wouldn't be able to just bar access to Florida. Um, that's just not something we can do. But we do have the right uh, to be able to, to do a checkpoint like this, get the information, provide the, the requirements about self-isolation, and then follow up to make sure that they're doing it or not. Governor, all your, considering all your focus on not letting it recede or recede again from all these, these 
hot zones. Do you regret not issuing a state order to close the beaches during um, spring break? Well, so just remember what I did. I, I, as soon as the CDC guidance came out, we imposed the 10 person limit. So you couldn't have more than 10 people in a group. And that's why most of these beaches closed because they, if they complied with my order, uh, it would require manpower. And if they didn't want to do the manpower, then their only other option was to close. And so that's basically what happened. You know, it took a couple days for them to kind of figure that out. Uh, but that was what it was. And then you have some other places where they really put a lot of emphasis on uh, maintaining uh, you know, limited access for their residents. That's safe. Um, and, and I think that that's a good thing. I mean, you know, when you're talking about a respiratory virus, you know, being in closed places with close contact is the way that it is transmitted. Um, you know, if you have a family and they're just sitting out there in sun, sunshine, heat, and humidity in an open space, that's not as um, that's not as big of a problem. And so it was more about the residents. And then I also had some folks on the local level to say, look, we'll manage this in a way that's safe. But if those folks aren't there, then they'll probably do more problems in town. And so just give us some latitude on that. And so I was responsive uh, to that as well. But understand, you know, it's funny how people will, will, will talk about it. it's more of a political issue. Do you hear the same people complaining about the New York City subway system being open? I mean, give me a break. Like, which one is more conducive you know, to having COVID-19 spread or any respiratory virus? I mean, it's not even close. And they're packed in there. And look, that's fine. If they need to do that, they got to do it. But uh, I mean, let's just be clear like, that that's more of a political political issue well, than a substantive one. Spaces, then, uh, there were two Broward, uh, from before, two Broward County people have been uh, poll workers um, that have tested positive. Do you regret the decision to go forward with the, the election? No, the, the, the supervisors of election, the state, the secretary of state, you know, they had procedures in place. Um, everything was, um, you know, the safety was a priority. They had all the all the different things and they, they assured me that it was safe. Um, and I think it seems like it was um, uh, safe. And so, you know, that's just, uh, but I think having to cancel it, I think in an environment where people were on edge, I think it would have really sent a signal about of, of panic. And, uh, and I don't think that's the, the signal that you want to send. I think the signal that we want to send is we've got this. There's going to be challenges. Uh, but if we make the right precautions and do the right things, you know, we're going to be fine. And, and I think that ultimately that was, uh, that was the way to go. You know, they, we've never really canceled elections in, 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 in situations like that. I mean, we have had them during other pandemics. And, and you just make the appropriate um, – uh, you, you do the appropriate thing. But, yeah, I think it would have been bad to just, to just cut and say you can't do it. And especially, you know, they had been voting early. For days and everything was was going well. People were were, were generally pleased with with how it was going. The, the crowds were were kept at a minimum, and so, uh, uh, so 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 I think that that was the right thing to do. Governor, you've been getting these uh, sampling swaps, and as they you've been distributing them in the thousands of these hot spots, but uh, several counties haven't had very many tests. So what have you been doing to try to increase testing, uh, not in hot spots? So Jared has distributed. Um, I mean, you've distributed swabs to most of the county health departments throughout the, the state. So, so the, the, they're even like in the smaller counties, we have sent swabs to the county health departments. So, so they do have some swabs, and um, and, and folks have access to, to to be able to do it that way. Now, there are also some folks. If you have a testing site, the, so for example, Jacksonville has a testing site the, that we help set up. If you're in Baker County, I mean, you can go 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 over there as well with some of these drive-through sites. So we are uh, we have spread it out around. Now we've had to surge it 
in the areas where you had the most infections just because we need to get a handle on, on how many people are infected and then we also need to be able to have, um, uh, you know, have a baseline to try to figure out how this infection is moving through these communities. And, uh, and I think that that obviously, that would have been a no-brainer. I mean, if we had not done that, then we would be in, kind of in the dark about how this is affecting some of our major, major metro areas. And I think that if you look at what uh, you know, Dr. Burks and, and other folks at the White House have pointed out, you know, this is not something that affects the country uniformly, and it's just like it hasn't affected Florida uniformly. That's one of the reasons I've had a tailored approach where you, know, you have South Florida that's basically um, shut down. You have various forms throughout the state, but it's corresponding to uh, how to combat the spread of the virus and I think is sensible under those. But they're going to be moving towards an approach that is going to look really at the major metro areas, some of those counties. They're going to be assigning scores is it high risk, medium risk, low risk? And I think if you look, would look at Florida, you know, we have a lot of counties that would be considered low risk. Uh, you know, southeast Florida is, is kind of where we're seeing the, uh, the most problems. And so we've devoted the most resources there. So that would be a higher risk. And, um, and then I think some of the other counties are, are, are maybe somewhere in between. But that'll be, they're working on those guidelines. I, I, I know the president, I spoke with him. Um, and, and, and hopefully that's going to come out. Uh, sometime uh, in the next couple of days. Governor, after you were at the villages, a number of people from Sun City reached out and said, what about us? Do you have plans to test there as well? I would, I would uh, support if, uh, uh, you know, we work this through the University of Florida and Shands, if uh, the University of South Florida Medical School or somebody there, one of the hospitals there, was interested in, in, in supporting something in Sun City Center, we, we could probably provide s some assistance to that. And I think that that, would be, that that would be something that we'd look into. So they should just contact us and, uh, and, and, and we'll, we'll figure it out. All right. Thanks, guys. I'm WOKB's Joe Doraskovich. You've been listening to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis give an update on the state's response to the coronavirus. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with your normal programming. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 